Support for Milledgeville Matters comes from Georgia College, Georgia's public liberal arts university, providing the experience students would expect from a private college with the affordability of a public university. For more information, gcsu.edu. Thank you for tuning in to Milledgeville Matters and WRGC 88.3 FM. I am your host, Daniel McDonald. Floyd Griffin has played many roles during his 75 years. Son, student, soldier, public servant, businessman, and family man. As he enters a new phase of reflection and gratitude, he wants to share what he's learned about braving life's vicissitudes and celebrating its simple victories in hopes of offering a light to those who have many miles to go in their life's journey. Floyd Griffin's second book is entitled Life, Four Quarters Plus Overtime, and I talked with him about it in March 2020. Mr. Floyd Griffin, thank you very much for joining me today on Military Matters. Thank you very much for inviting me. Well, I want to um, kind of jump into the topics that you're discussing in your book, but I want to uh, start off by asking you where you are and how it relates to this book. So you've published the book, Life, Four Quarters Plus Overtime. To use the analogy of the book, you have lived all four quarters and are now in overtime. Can you talk about who you are in overtime and how that contributed to your decision to share this book with us? Well, I am... In retirement at this time, sold our family business three years ago. After working for over 50 years in the military, 23 years, 27 plus here in Milledgeville with uh, the family business and in in politics, I thought it was time for me to uh, sit back and, and look at life from a different perspective. And I am absolutely enjoying what I'm doing. I'm not sitting at home all day. I'm doing various things, like it took a year or so to write the book. I'm speaking to various groups, uh, young people, and just enjoy volunteering. I serve on uh, a couple of boards, like here at Georgia College, uh, a Bowen County a charter system uh, foundation that I helped to establish and serve as the chair. And... It's just so many things going on in my life now in a different uh, perspective. And I, I'm really enjoying uh, spending more time with my wife in a, in a different way. And we, I think we are really enjoying ourselves. In, when you talk about where you are right now, how is that indicative of um, these kinds of life phases that you're writing about in life four quarters plus over time? Well, you have to understand how we got to this point in writing the book. The Bible states and gives us three scores and ten, which is uh, 70 years and with uh, reasonable strength, uh, 80 years. Therefore, if we plan our life expecting to be around at least 70 years, then we need to look at each facet of life. Now, I didn't think about this back when I was young, uh, in high school, uh, elementary school, or even as I've gone through each one of those quarters, I didn't plan it in that respect. So I don't want anybody to think that Floyd Griffin's life is so perfect because he sat down and came up with a strategic plan, and this is where I want to be when I get to be 75 like I am now. But I have had a just a wonderful life, very successful uh, careers. And therefore, after I look back over the years and what I've done, I felt that the Lord touched me to write this book. Then I needed to take a very serious look at my life. And writing my autobiography, it made it easier for me to, to write this book because then I look at my autobiography, it starts with conception, and it went all the way up through the fourth quarter, which is when I published the book when I was 60-plus. So that helped me to get to this point. And, of course, that autobiography is a legacy to legend, winners make it happen. Yes, it sure is. Right. Uh, of course, you can find that at your local library. I'm sure you can find it online uh, where we'll talk about uh, where you can find uh, this book. 
Um, and so, you know, we're kind of dancing around it, so I kind of want to get um, right into it. You know, what is this book, um, the new book, Life Four Quarters Plus Overtime? Well, it's spiritual, it's educational, it's informational, and informative. To break it down to make it very simple, it is a road map to life. Now, it's just like a road in broadest terms. There are uh, bumps, there are uh, curves, stop signs, sometimes detours. And that's what life is about. Life is not something perfect. Life, it can be difficult, and it is difficult. And what we've done here is, is taken a deep dive into life not telling you how to live your life, but giving you some advice, giving you some statistical data. It's based on social science. You know, I'm not reinventing the wheel here. If you read the book, you'll find out there are a number of the the topics in the book that maybe you are aware of, but not in any detail. And you can go to the library or go purchase a book somewhere else, a social science book, a psychologist sociology or so forth and get that same information but we are compiling it into one book with a strategy to get to at least two overtime if uh, the lord allow you to stay around and we should all plan to do that we shouldn't say well you know bear people dying at 40 50 60 70 years old well that has always happened but then there are a lot of people who live in the 70 years old, now more than in previous years, because I think the average lifespan is 78. Well, and I can speak from my own experience. Um, I myself am 38 right now, and so I'm just about in halftime, shall we say, no. um, getting into that uh, third, <laughs> third into that third quarter. Yes. Um, and uh, I was having a conversation uh, with a friend not too long ago Calling back to who I was when I was a much younger man, 10, 15 years ago, I've already lived longer than I thought I would. It is time to start that planning for the longevity that now as a family man that I hope to have, that I pray that I will have uh, so I can experience the life of my family and see the world that they will inherit uh, from me and from those who came before me. Well, Well, you're absolutely correct because let's assume that we know that we're going to live to 70 years. There's no doubt about that. At age 35, you've already lived half of that time. Okay, so you're kind of on the down here after 35. You're in the second quarter of life, as we state here in the book. So you really need to have your life together in where you want to go. See, the first and second quarter, in my opinion, uh, from conception up through age uh, 17 is the first quarter now, you know, plus or minus a year or so. And then uh, the second quarter from 18 to 34, 35. And this is all based on the human growth process. But those are two of the most important quarters because up through your high school years, age 18 uh, plus or minus, you're going through a heck of a lot of life changes in where you are trying to go and where you want to go after you leave high school. And if you go off to college, uh, you need to start preparing uh, some type of profession, a trade, you know, something of that nature to prepare you for the long haul. So after age 35 and you get up into your, your 40s, if you have not done some of the things and majority of the things that you needed to do to prepare yourself for that. And if you have to go back and try to catch up, it makes it extremely difficult to do that. So that's what we are trying to encourage in this book for people to read and, and think about those kinds of things to, to move them through the, uh, the human growth process. 
All right. Well, let's take our first uh, short break of the program. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Milledgeville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. Today, I am talking with uh, the Honorable Floyd Griffith. Uh, he is here uh, not as uh, the uh, the former mayor, the former state senator, um, as a, a local businessman. He is here as an author. Uh, he has a new book out entitled Life. Four quarters plus overtime. Uh, we're talking about that tonight, and we'll talk about it again after this short break on Milledgeville Matters. Thank you for staying tuned to Milledgeville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. If you are just joining us tonight, we are talking about life in the longevity of life in the need to make sure that you are setting yourself up uh, to get uh, the fullness of life. I'm talking with Floyd Griffin. Uh, he has his second book out. The book is entitled Life, Four Quarters Plus Overtime. Now, um, we kind of got into the conversation that you're having with readers in the book, and I, I want to stop us before we get too far and ask you about the concept behind the book and the organization of the book. Uh, so can you tell me, how you, from that concept point, how did you conceive of this book? Well, the book came to me at a funeral I was conducting. You know, I was in the funeral business. And this 80-plus-year-old lady uh, had passed. The minister was ending his eulogy, and he said something to the effect that this person had lived a long life, a very good life. And from an age standpoint, she was in overtime. And for some reason, that kind of hit me like a, a brick, to, you know, the overtime and and I, I buried thousands of people, and a lot of them in the overtime, 70 and beyond, 80, 90, and 100. But for this particular time, it just hit me. And for over a year, that kept coming back to me, just coming back to me. And to make a long story short, I felt that the Lord was trying to tell me something. And I decided, okay, I think I need to write a book. And I never had an intentions of writing a second book. I just didn't want to move in that direction. But it just kept hitting me. And my wife and I were talking on the way back from a trip. And she said, well, why don't you just go on and, and write the book? So the way I came up with the topic, and this is in my autobiography, I coached college football on two championship football teams when I was in the Army, ROTC at Winston-Salem State University. So the thought came, why not use an athletic game theme, life? Then I thought about the four quarters and then added the overtime to that. Now, at that time, I didn't realize that the human growth process, the way social scientists define it, Pretty much, I fell into the line of my quarters, like conception to age 17 or 18 and, and so forth. Uh, that happened after the research. So all of that led me to believe that the Lord was directing me to write this book. And pretty much that's the way I came up with the topic, the theme, and the directions that, uh, that we wanted to go in. Well, now, so many questions, but I want to kind of keep to this organization okay. um, standpoint. Um, might I ask you to kind of introduce what those four quarters are right now? Well, the first quarter, from conception up through age uh, 17, early adolescence, and the things that uh, young people 
go through in life, and it has a lot of emphasis on on education, even uh, advice to parenting, and some of the problems and the challenges that parents go through and the young people go through in life and advice on how to deal with those. Now, I'm quoting and using social scientists uh, in helping me to structure that and to define what we are doing in that uh, particular instances. Now, the book is written with African-Americans in mind. So although the book can be used by all humanity because there's a number of the things we talk about in there is not directly toward African-Americans, but everybody should understand the different cultures of people. And I'll give you just one example in this chapter. African-American women in childbirth have more problems than the majority of women. More children died during childbirth than the majority. And there are some reasons for that. Uh, there's socioeconomic peace, uh, racism, how they are treated by providers and so forth. So, you know, we kind of go into that. And then the second... Right, because uh, uh, put a sharp point on that. I mean, right. uh, more black mothers die during childbirth and as a result of childbirth and the years afterwards, uh, more black children die um, early on in childhood. And it's really one of the things that makes you question, you know, what kind of society are we living in? And I don't want to just right. uh, move past that point quickly. I mean, that's you know, one of the you know real problems that we have in this country right now is that where are we when we're not providing a safe environment for everyone? And you're absolutely correct. I didn't want to go into that much detail and see – I have experienced that from being in the funeral business. Quite often, we probably average eight to ten or more childbirths prematurely, uh, uh, several months, uh, weeks after they were born, that, you know, child deaths. So it's not just something that I'm reading uh, in my research about. It's something that, that I have experienced. Mm-hmm. Um. um we're getting close to one of those breaks. Uh, so uh, how would you like to take it? Would you like to go into the next quarter and then maybe take the break, or would you like to? Well, let's let's do the second quarter. It won't take that long. Okay. Uh, because the second quarter starts uh, after high school, age 18 or 19, and we're placing a lot of emphasis on the importance of education, uh, identity, marriage, because you know, we're talking about 18 to 34, 35, and a lot of those things happen. Young people go off to college or not off to college. They start dealing with, who am I? You know, once again, I experienced that not only from my children, but my grandchildren. I have four grandsons, and they are in the second quarter in college or in the military. And we have those conversations because they are trying to find themselves you know, who am I? What do I want to be when I grow up? And I have one or two now that are talking about marriage, and they sit down and talk with my wife, their grandmother, and I about finding a mate and, and so forth. And we're very pleased with that because they want to talk to us along with their parents. And that's one of the purposes of the book also is to encourage conversations with family members, and others about life. So that's basically the second quarter. All right. Well, uh, we're going to take another one of those short breaks. If you're just joining us, uh, you're listening to Milledgeville Matters and WRGC 88.3 FM. Today we are talking about the book Life, Four Quarters Plus Overtime. I'm talking with the author of that book, Floyd Griffin. Stay tuned. We've got more to talk about on Milledgeville Matters.
Thank you for staying tuned to Millageville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. If you are just joining us today, I am talking with author Floyd Griffin. We're here today talking about his newest book, Life, Four Quarters Plus Overtime. In that last segment, we were moving through those four quarters, uh, the way in which he is organizing this book. And we had just finished with the second quarter, uh, which is uh, roughly uh, 17 through 35. And uh, we were about to move into the third, but uh, you had a note that you wanted to go back uh, and talk about uh, for that second quarter. And uh, people who uh, may be in that second quarter right now. Those individuals that are in the second quarter is very interesting because we're talking about the millennials. Mm -hmm. And they are living a life that those of us in my generation really have to listen, pay attention, watch, because they are going through uh, going through a steep learning curve of how they fall into today's environment. And I just wanted to mention that because we need to spend more time uh, working with them, listen to them, and help guiding them into the future. Well, I think you know that's uh, an interesting thing because life has changed very dramatically over the course of, I'd say, like the last 15 years. And I think a part of this book is imparting the age-old wisdom, the ones that, if you were lucky, you got to hear from your grandparents as they were looking back. But the life has changed so dramatically in this last generation that we need to think about the way we communicate that age-old wisdom uh, to this young age. And it's important for the people in that second quarter, uh, the quarter in which I'm just getting out of, because... That is a very lively quarter. You know, you're getting out of, um, you know, puberty. You're trying to, as you said, you know, identify who you are and what you want to do and what you want to accomplish. Uh, but yet you're still growing. I mean, in the past years, we've, you know, found out that, you know, the brain does not even stop developing until 25 plus years old. Whereas, of course, you know, in our society, once you're at 18, you are legally an adult and you are held accountable for your decisions um, in ways that are uh, very different once you cross over from 17 to 18, uh, basically once you cross into that second quarter. Absolutely. And there's a, a quote that I have uh, in the book from George Washington Carver, and it states, start where you are with what you have, make something out of it, and never be satisfied. And that's basically where the millennials are. Start where you are. And that's where... I think a lot of the millennials are, are starting at that point trying to determine where am I going and, and how am I going to get there and who am I and so forth. Well, I think you wanted to go to the, <laughs> to the third quarter, but I just wanted to emphasize a few more things in the second quarter. Well, and I mean, that's a good um, a point to make because, you know, it's, it's not static. And the life for a large part of society – is a road to where at this point? Uh, we don't know. Uh, but there are ways to give advice and guidance and touchstones that we can go back to that I think don't change, but it doesn't tell you what your job title will be in so many years, whereas maybe earlier generations have been able to have more defined goals that they were looking towards. Absolutely. That's right. And as you mentioned, of course, uh, we're still going through the quarters um, of life. And uh, this quarter was of interest to me because uh, this is the quarter uh, into which I have entered into. So uh, please, if you could introduce the third quarter. Well, the third quarter is age 35, 36 to, to 52. And we call that the midlife quarter. And very simply... It's a period of a growth and purpose, growth and purpose, because now you should have moved from adolescence through late adolescence, and hopefully you're more focused, have a greater idea of where you are going and so forth. 
and kind of start selling down. And as you mentioned, uh, you know, we don't know now during this lifespan, you know, from a job standpoint, are we going to be in the same field forever? So now you need to start saying, I can't be job uh, hopping and, and so forth. I need to try to find a job that's going to take me into at least the fourth quarter. And sure start thinking about your growth and your purpose in life and start making sure that you have some simple things in life, like life insurance, some type of retirement plan. In the business I was in, we had too many people didn't have barrier insurance or plan for that. And it caused a lot of problems for the loved ones who was left back to to make that happen. Now, I'm being very simple in that, what I'm talking about, but that's part of life, and that's part of that period that you really need to start understanding that if I want to retire at a certain age in my 60, let's just say 65, uh, 66, then, you know, I can't wait until I'm 60 and start thinking about where, you know, I need to have a certain uh, financial economic lifestyle to be able to retire at that age. Well, if you don't have a lot of those plans in that third quarter, then you're going to end up in a bad situation when you get to be 60, 65 or older. Well, one of the ways that I would look at it is, um, as I read through the book, that fourth quarter, and especially over time, this would be counter to what I think our society tells us, but those are the times to enjoy life yes. and look back hopefully in gratitude and thankfulness over what you have achieved, uh, your relationships with others. And if you don't put those things in place, you're not going to be able to uh, reap the benefits of the hard work that you put in through those first three. Well, yeah, because one of the purposes in life, even in the first and second quarter and so forth, is to be able to enjoy life. Okay, now we do know that there are bumps out there and uh, potholes and detours and all of that, but it doesn't mean that you can't continue to enjoy life uh, and going through those kinds of things because life is a difficult situation, but we should not make it difficult. It should be difficult because of some of the things we can't control. And if you don't have your plans in place and start working those plans when you're in the third quarter, then it's going to make it much difficult when you go into the fourth quarter and into to overtime. Well, and one of the things that I would add, you're living through that third quarter right now, is sometimes you have to remind yourself to stop and enjoy life. Your life is coming at you, um, you know, through the parenthood, through the careers, uh, through the economic planning, planning for the future. Uh, that sometimes I literally have to s tell myself to stop and enjoy the moment. Uh, because it's so easy just to work through the moment and not appreciate that which you're building for yourself uh, despite the uh, hard work, sometimes toil, sometimes pain of the present. Well, that's true because, you know, in each one of these quarters, they bring a whole different perspective. Generally, unless when we're talking about the third quarter, either you've had children uh you're going to have some at that age. Maybe you shouldn't at that age, or, you know, up into your 40s, but it happens. But you need to be able to enjoy your children as they're growing up. You can't be you're working three or four jobs. You shouldn't, not spending any time with them and so forth. And you're gonna, you can't sit back and say, well, I'm going to wait until I get in my 60s and I have everything all laid out. Then we're going to start taking these vacations and doing all those kinds of things. Well, one thing I, I found out in my 75 years, you can't go back and live the past. You just can't do that. You can think about it and all of that, but you can't go back. And what you didn't enjoy back when you were in college, and you can't go back, I shouldn't try to go back at age 40-something and try to enjoy college life, even if you went back and got a master's or a doctorate degree, it's not the same, and you just can't do that. So each one of these quarters, you should live your life in the respect of those particular quarters. 
Well, that sounds like good advice to uh, take another pause. Right now, you're listening to Millageville Matters, WRGC 88.3 FM. If you're just joining us, uh, we're talking about the longevity of life in ways of organizing uh, the way that you think about it to try to derive the utmost uh, fulfillment and enjoyment of it. I'm talking with Floyd Griffin. Uh, among the many hats he wears in our community, uh, one of them is author. Uh, he's talking about his new book uh, that was just published very recently, and it is Life, Four Quarters Plus Overtime. We'll be right back with more conversation with Mr. Griffin on Millageville Matters. Thank you for staying tuned to Millageville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. Tonight, um, if you are just tuning in or if you have been uh, listening to our conversation, uh, we're talking about, hey, really, the big issue, life. Um, my guest today, uh, the Honorable Floyd Griffin, has just published a book entitled Life, Four Quarters Plus Overtime. Uh, we've been talking about um, the inspiration behind the book, and we've kind of been going through and identifying uh, the organization of the book, uh, but also a way of looking at uh, life uh, from um, conception uh, through to, uh, we hope, you know, overtime a little bit more than uh, anyone has been promised. Uh, in that last segment, uh, we were talking about, um, uh, in a way, we were talking about me and where I'm at. Uh, and that is the third quarter of life, uh, looking at 35 uh, through, I believe, 52. Uh, now, um, in this segment, we're going to talk about uh, that fourth quarter. And um, and I hope in this segment, um, that overtime that you get, if you are, are lucky and if you um, have put in place the, uh, the opportunity to experience overtime. Uh, so tell us um, about the fourth quarter. Well, the fourth quarter is age 53 to 70. It's the time in life when we are coming to grips with aging. We call that late adulthood, you know. With, and when I say coming to grips with, with aging, we look at here in, a, in America at least that retirement age is 62. I started drawing Social Security at 62. So from 62 on is, you know, retirement. And that's what... Uh, a lot of people think about it. I don't know if they plan for it, but they say, well, I want to retire at age 62 uh, where I can enjoy the rest of my life, and that's a good thought process. So that is a good time to enjoy your family and enjoy life, and that's exactly what we should be doing. We talked about that big mile marker within that fourth quarter of retirement, but what are some of the other uh, hallmarks or uh, tenets of, of that time in life? Well, it's going back, reminiscing about the, the earlier years. It's about enjoying grandchildren, and in some cases, great-grandchildren, and trying to help them to move their life process through the different quarters and helping them to plan for the future. And just enjoying your spouse or your partner and taking care of yourself more from a health standpoint because the older we get, most of us have, you know, some type of health challenges. Uh, it can be bad knees like, like I am now, heart problems uh, and so forth. So that's some of the things that we should be looking forward to. 
And when you think about a time when, you know, perhaps your mind is still young, maybe perhaps even younger than ever, but you have a an imbalance in that your body is not in that place. Uh, do you have thoughts or reflections on that in navigating uh, that divide? Well, yes. As you're talking, I'm trying to go back and think about my uh, my fourth quarter. It seems like uh, it's been a long time ago now. But there are a lot of reflections that go on during that time frame. And I think one of the things that we can do to help us move through that and pass on to the next generation, during that fourth quarter, we should start writing our memoirs, our autobiography. And it doesn't have to be published. Just write down your lifespan. And I'm not sure if we're going to get to it, but the end of the book is the epilogue. And what I've done is I have written my four quarters plus overtime to encourage the readers to do the same thing where they can pass it on to the next generation. So, you know, in this uh, fourth quarter, you should be at the point where you start reflecting on life and passing things on to, if no more than just your family. It's a time to be able to give back in a holistic way to the community, being involved in the church, being involved in going to nursing homes, volunteering, working with young people from the standpoint of help coaching a football or basketball team, working with the Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, and so forth. You know, we've been hustling and bustling for 50-something years. Now we are in that fourth quarter, and we are in the late adulthood, and we have a lot to offer the different generations, and that's some of the things that we should be doing and where we are headed. Well, and when you're thinking about giving back to others, most commonly we think about taking the knowledge that we've gained and trying to impart that to others. But is it potentially a time for exploration, too, uh, maybe using those volunteer opportunities to do things that you hadn't done before, things you'd been curious about? Oh, yes. It's, it's no doubt about it because – that growth process is not perfect. There are some people, based on different circumstances in life, maybe they have to work two jobs. And and they feel they've done that for 20 or 30 years to get where they are, and then they are ready to retire and are cut back. So they have a different way of going back and, say, uh, make up for some of the things that they wanted to do because they could not do it because of the circumstances at that point in time. So absolutely, we should never, ever give up on helping to make our community and this world a better place to live and work. Well, we're going to take another short break right now. If you are just joining us, you're listening to Milledgeville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. We are talking to a man who's given uh, very much to this community, and he has taken the time to write a book to give even more. We're talking about the book, Life, Four Quarters Plus Overtime, and we're talking with the author of that book, Floyd Griffin. I hope you'll stay with us. Uh, we still have more to go on this edition of Millsville Matters.
Thank you for staying tuned to Military Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. If you are just joining us, uh, we're talking with uh, Floyd Griffin. Uh, he's a man who has um, played many roles in our community. And again, we're talking to him tonight about um, the role he's playing right now, which is author. He has a new book out entitled Life Four Quarters Plus Overtime. In these last segments, we've moved through the way that the book is organized in those first four quarters of life. And I wanted to go back to kind of the beginning of our conversation. We started at overtime uh, because that's where you are right now. And in talking about that, you kind of talked about the inspiration of this book, which was derived from a eulogy uh, you were present for in your role as a funeral director here in Milledgeville. And I I was curious about that. I was wondering if you could talk about um, the work that you've done uh, with people um, at the end of their life and how that helped you to think back on uh, these four quarters that um, at the time you were living, but um, that you're sharing about in your new book, Life Four Quarters Plus Overtime. The overtime piece deals with aging and dying. Okay, let's just face it. Uh, We know that we have been given additional time on, on this earth if we make it up to 70 and beyond. So that is a time that we should feel more comfortable and giving back, continually enjoying our life. But from the standpoint of being in the funeral business for for 27 years and and going through bereavement and helping families plan for funeralizing their loved ones, you see so much about the human life and how people have participated and planned and enjoyed their life. So when I decided to write this book because I felt that it was something that the Lord had put on my heart to do, I just couldn't deal with the overtime. I had to go back all the way from conception up to overtime and put all of that in perspective. And that was not a really easy job to do because, you know, you could sit down and write a book on each one of those quarters because it's so much information and detail there. So that's what I have attempted to do, bring us up to overtime, look back on on our lives, and pass on to the next generations what they should do and determining where they are and where they want to go. And what would you like to do and be when you go into overtime? And always believe that you will make it to overtime. Don't go out and do stupid stuff. Okay, uh, and there, and we have a lot of people that's going out doing stupid things, and they don't make it to overtime. Don't even make it into the third or fourth quarters because of their lifestyle and et cetera. And I'm not saying that my lifestyle was perfect. Hey, I did some stupid things also in some of those quarters, and especially the Erdogan quarters. But fortunately, uh, the Lord allowed me to learn from those things and and move on to where I am today. So that's what we're trying to do is just pass on some of our experiences and experiences of others through the social sciences to get to this point. If you put in your mind the goal of coming to a dignified death at the end, what does it do to backfill those four quarters? Well, I think that everyone should have a beautiful experience if you make it to the overtime. And we should do everything we can before we get to the overtime to make sure that we have as much as possible from the quality of life standpoint in place, like health insurance, like barrier insurance, somewhere to live. A lot of those things that I experienced by being in the funeral business. So 
to get to that point, you have to have planned along the way. Now, you know, I'm very happy and satisfied where I am at this time because I made sure that, you know, I have a will in place. My children know where they are, my wife and so forth. We don't know who's going to go first. But a lot of people don't want to talk about death and dying because it's not an easy thing to do. And I've seen too many people come to the funeral home to make arrangements for their loved ones, and they don't know what to do. Uh, Matter of fact, a lot of them don't know the financial status of the loved one. They don't know anything about their insurance policies, if they had any, uh, their bank statements, uh, who was on the bank statements. So what we've done in that fourth quarter, we have tried to pass on uh, family planning for death and making sure that you have some of those things in place that will make it easier for your loved ones who's left back because, see, you're gone. And, you know, and I've heard people literally say, hey, I'm not going to get any insurance. I don't care because when I die, my family members are going to take care of me. Well, you don't know if that's going to happen or not. And even if they are, you put a lot of pressure on them to take care of at least the financial responsibilities for something that you should have planned for yourself. I don't think you can emphasize uh, the weight of that decision, especially when there is nothing in place at that time. Oh, I'm telling you, it's a lot of it's a lot of weight, it's a lot of pressure and stress on the family members who have to come up with the financial resources and you know and plan the, the funeral service and and those kinds of things. It's not a beautiful thing to sit back and see families agonizing and going through that process. And I mean, it's not like two or three. It's, you know, there are a lot of people throughout a year who passed and fall in that category. Well, we've got more to talk about. uh, So I'm going to close us in this segment uh, right now uh, so we can reserve some time to kind of uh, look back about uh, the creation of this book and, and how you used the calling to write this book. Uh, but if you're just joining us, you're listening to Milledgeville Matters. We're talking about the book, Life, Four Quarters Plus Overtime. We're talking with the author of that book, Floyd Griffin. Uh, we'll be back with more Milledgeville Matters. Thank you for staying tuned to Milledgeville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. Tonight, we are talking with Floyd Griffin, a man who has lived many lives throughout his four quarters plus overtime. He is here today working as as part of an effort to impart uh, that which he has learned through that life, um, through his book, Life. Four quarters plus overtime. Uh, we've spent a lot of this time uh, today uh, talking about those four quarters, your expectations, what you should be focusing on, uh, ways of living them uh, to the utmost enjoyment, uh, fulfillment, uh, and really being the person that uh, you want to be, the person that um, our society needs you to be, uh, really. Um, and I wanted to use this final segment to kind of talk about um, how you want people uh, to use this book. And so I'll just go ahead and start right there. Um, how do you uh, want readers to experience and use uh, this book, Life, Four Quarters Plus Overtime? The readers of this book should take a broad view of the book. 
because each one of you are going to be in a different quarter. Whatever quarter you're in, you pick up the book, you're going to go and read that quarter first, which is very good. But I would ask you before you go to that quarter, at least read the introduction, the definition of the human development, the first part of that, longevity to do's, and game changes, because that will give you a general idea of what the book is all about, and especially defining the human growth development process, because, you know, a lot of us, unless you're a social scientist, a psychologist, a sociologist, you really don't understand from a definition standpoint, then I would like for you to start with the first quarter and and read through, but don't try to read the whole book at one time and one setting because it's a pretty deep dive into life. And even in writing the book, I had some help with this book because I'm not a social scientist. I'm not a psychologist or sociologist. So I had to spend time working with professionals to, you know, to get to this point. And most importantly, start thinking about your life up to that particular quarter. Where do you want to go, assuming that you want to make it into overtime? Plan for that. You don't have to sit down at that moment and come up with a strategic plan, etc., Start thinking about it and write some of those things down and move in that direction. At the same time, start thinking about what I really would like for you to walk away from is at some point in time writing your memoirs, three, third quarter, fourth quarter, depending on where you are in, in your life, and keep uh, adding on as you go through the different quarters and to pass those memoirs on to your loved ones and to the next generations. You don't have to go out and publish a book. I just want us to start developing where we are in life and make something out of it. Well, as you talk about wanting to put your life down on paper and sharing it with your family. Can you talk about, you know, what that has meant for you and how it's affirmed or changed the way that you look back on your life? In the extent of writing my memoirs, it gave me an opportunity to go back and take a look at my life. And if there were anything there that I would do differently, especially since I had, you know, written my autobiography, and that made it a little bit easier to write my, my memoirs and to pass on to my children and their generations and the next generations of my life and what I thought of my life, where it would help them to move forward throughout their quarters with their life. And that's why uh, in the memoirs, I wrote a letter to my grandsons, not to my sons, because the grandparents should theoretically be training the grandchildren. Okay. And I wrote a letter to my grandsons. In that letter, I addressed each one of them uh, to give them hope, uh, encouragement, and some uh, directions. I had that letter at the the end of the second quarter because they are in the second quarter. And then at the end of the overtime, my wife and I both in the overtime, I wrote a letter to her. And basically uh, thanking her for what all she's done to help me be successful in my life and what she has given to our children and our families and back to the community and everything that I've been involved in that she was a part of it. So it meant a lot to me to be able to do that in the extent of encouraging the readers to do something similar to that. 
be blessed that you have had a spouse who have been with you as long as my wife at the time uh, I wrote the book 53 years and that's a long time and you don't find a lot of uh, marriages that last that long anymore now we're, we're coming to the close of our time um, and I just wanted to you know, ask you this question kind of about where we are as a society right now you know you've just written a book about the way I think about it living a good life um, you know, for so many now, the possibility of enjoying a good life is challenged by things that are outside of our control, uh, you, uh, insurgent racism, growing inequality, environmental degradation. Uh, right now, uh, to pull from the headlines, uh, the threat of, of a pandemic virus, um, using the opportunity to talk to our audience, how would you advise them to maintain hope and focus uh, during these challenging times? Well, it's a challenging time now, but we've gone through this before. But you have to also remember that I have gone through that uh, being an African-American. I grew up in a segregated society uh, and, and moved into uh, integration and, and moved into an opportunity to strive to be what I wanted to be and I encourage the readers to always have hope and not only look at the bad or the negative side of life, look at the positive and always be positive and always try to find a way to keep you motivated and moving ahead with all of the challenges we have. It's just like the coronavirus going on now. You know, hopefully our government... Uh, is going to do the right thing to help get this thing uh, eradicated. But there are things that we can do to to help ourselves uh, from the standpoint of wearing gloves when necessary and, and not touching your nose and eyes and things that are laid out. So we have to do our part. Don't let life get you down because no matter how long you live, there's going to be ups and downs. Things aren't going to be uh, what we want them to be. You know, I've gone through uh, the military, flew helicopters in Vietnam. My chances as a helicopter pilot uh, uh, of not getting shot down, uh, uh, injured, uh, uh, not uh, coming back was great. But I was always, always optimistic. And I told my wife when I left going to Vietnam that I was going to be coming back, and I came back. I've had my ups and downs and challenges in, in politics, and I'm not talking about just running for office, but just by being an African-American and things that uh, I had to deal with in, in being an uh, African-American, and the same thing in, in business. But I always try to keep myself focused. I always had hope, and I always believed in the American dream. And I have something uh, that I tell people all the time. Now, they ask me, how am I doing? And I say, super fantabulous. And I always think positive. And even on those days when I'm not super fantabulous, I don't go out and, and say I'm not super fantabulous. I still say I'm super fantabulous because there's not that many people out there that's going to make me super fantabulous. I have to make myself super fantabulous. Floyd Griffin, I want to thank you for taking the time to come in and talk to our audience um, and share this book with them, Life, Four Quarters Plus Overtime. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Let May I read one thing yes. to end yes. this up? This is a quote from George Washington Carver. How far you go in life depend on you being tender with the young, compassionate with the age, sympathetic with the striving, and tolerant of the weak and strong. Because someday in your life, you will have been all of these. I have been all of those. 
You've been listening to Millersville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. Today, I talked with Floyd Griffin about his new book, Life, Four Quarters Plus Overtime. You can learn more about the book and read excerpts on the website, floydgriffin.com. On behalf of WRGC, I've been your host, Daniel McDonald. Thank you for sharing this portion of the evening with me here on Millersville Matters. I hope you enjoyed our time together, and I want you to know that I look forward to convening with you again soon.